Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Well, I'm not going to try and lie to you people. It's terrible out there. It's awful. But we're going to spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in our trademark energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Always a staple of the conversation here. But also a little bit of sports and nutrition today. We've got a wide variety of guests to talk about here in a moment. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio bringing you the latest news and weather. Thanks for hanging out with us today here on your radio. Information 1000 KSOO. Streamed live at KSO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. Remember that new app. Go to the store, you get the app, it'll change your life. Frankly, change mine, change your life. Because it just makes it one touch streaming to listen to this fine program. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or on our Twitter account at P. Lally Show. Yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid snow. Stupid, stupid, stupid snow. Do you want to know the facts? Yes. All right. Here's what we have. Last year, 2016, winter through 2017, the mm-hmm. last measurable snow that we got in Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. May 1st. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a fact. How about that? <laughs> oh. Direct your rotten tomatoes towards one Dan Peters. Yeah. So Dan Peters bringing the harsh reality to the program today in the form of actual facts. Yeah, you know, it snows. It always snows in April. It just sucks. But it's already basically, you know, what did you say it was? Four point whatever inches, foot two, four point six, whatever it was. That was that was uh, early afternoon, All and right. we probably haven't had a whole lot added to that. Probably so, more on the lines of four point five. We're what, official. Yeah, we're rounded up and say five. There's not five inches of snow out there right now, and the streets are clear. And the, you know, because it melted, because you know, it's just that time of year. So I'm why well, shovel. I mean, yeah, it's just, that's a, a preposterous notion, shoveling, right? Tell me that's a preposterous notion, Dan. Well, if it, <laughs> if, if it, it, it's illegal not to shovel, so uh, you, you can take that. I'm not, I'm not put touching that with a 10-foot fork. It's civil disobedience, my friend. <laughs> April shoveling is for, for suckers. Hmm. I don't think I'm well. The only thing is, it's it's not it's going to warm up a bit Thursday. Yeah, but but the sun's not going to do a lot of work. It'll be obscured by the clouds. So you can not shovel, but you'll not shovel. I don't know. Maybe your neighbors will have mercy on you and not report you for for not shoveling. I think we'll bond together and and form a coalition of no shoveling. That's that's what I'm going to go with. There's always an outlier though. Somebody's got to show off. Get out there. and Scrape it off right away. I just, it's not going to happen. Well, for some areas of the city, your local mayor, mail carrier would yes, certainly appreciate you shoveling. Oh, my mail carrier doesn't get out of the truck. I know. That's why I said in some <laughs> areas of the city. Hey, did you watch the mayoral debate last night, speaking of the city? Did you see any of it? No, I never did. Okay, that's all right. Um, it was on, uh, on the CW, so that's maybe why you missed it. KSFY. Uh, had their debate last night, 13.2 on your uh, over-the-air or, like, 
638 on the cable. I don't remember what the number is because I don't have cable. But Yeah, I saw a few tweets on it last night. Yeah, people were watching, and I, I watched it. I was there. I lived it. Uh, I'm going to have some impressions on uh, what I saw last night on the big debate on KSFY. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. It was the only debate that's going to be televised. That's your only chance to see the candidates in any sort of extended period. Of course, if you listen to this show, you've had, you you know them like an old friend at this point because we've had everybody on. We've had almost everybody on twice. So we'll probably, we're probably done with mayoral interviews until after the, uh, till the next round. Of which there will be quite a few opportunities. Yeah. Should there, because somebody was asking about, well, would there actually be a runoff? And when you have six candidates, the yeah. potential of getting 50% plus one vote is very slim. Very, very slim. That, there will be a runoff. And I actually ran into one of the candidates be- just before the show and uh, made a tentative, tentative debate uh, date to have that person on the show the day after the election. That's how confident this person is on making the runoff. Now, I penciled it into my schedule. <laughs> There's no ink being used at this point, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests are Lizzie Kasperic. She is a sports dietitian with Sanford Health, and she will be here to talk about the new healthy labeling and eating standards from the FDA. There's some stuff going on there. Uh, blogger Pat Powers of South Dakota War College will check in to talk about state politics. And the common man is the weird friend of the day. I'll have a P&L statement just after the next break. And as I said, uh, I'm going to talk about the debate. I have my thoughts. My thoughts on last night's mayoral debate. We want to stay close. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 316 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, sure. We're going to get a little closer to free today. Oh, sure. That's what we're going to do here on the Patrick Lally Show during the P&L statement. So uh, there's a few things going on out there in the world uh, that uh, got my attention uh, on the national level. Uh, One, uh, apparently the uh, president is sending the U.S. Army to the southern border to protect against the invasion. The Hondurans and the Guatemalans and such coming up across the border so that was interesting that's new uh what else oh the trade war uh full-throated trade war at this point 25 percent tariff on all the pork coming out of south dakota Uh, it's frightening but you know there's plenty of time for talking about immigration and pork because today last night as i mentioned earlier was the big mayoral debate on KSFY. Well, it's kind of KSFY. It was on the CW, which is a KSFY controlled channel. But nonetheless, it was a televised debate. Uh, first chance a lot of people got to see your candidates for Sioux Falls mayor under the line of direct questioning from friend of the show, Brian Allen, who is the big time anchor over there at uh, KSFY, 10 years in the anchor's chair. 
and Joe Sneevy from Argus Leader Media, which uh, helped sponsor that debate. And I, I, just a side note, my friend Joe, who admittedly, admittedly is no broadcaster. He, you know, he brought the juice to the show. <laughs> he did not bring the smooth style of a broadcast professional. And I felt a little bad for Joe because I'm sure he did not want to go on television. But, you know, he, he did fine. Uh, I, wanted to, I, was, I wanted to, like, tweet at him and tell him to quit staring at me. But he, he, he hung in there and asked some good questions. And I do commend KSFY for giving two hours of airtime, even though it's the CW, two hours of airtime to the event and all the work that goes into it. It looked good. It sounded good. And uh, I really uh, enjoyed the debate. So, of course, as I said earlier, you people on this show, you're way ahead of the game. As we've spent many, many hours interviewing candidates one-on-one for extended periods. So what we can do now, since we've put in our time, is sort of talk about our impressions of the debate. And we are one week from the big election to decide who will take over the mayor's chair from Mike Uther, who, by the way, today is giving his State of the City address, uh, which I'm sure after eight years will be uh, nothing but, you know, happiness and light and bright sunshine from the mayor's desk. At this point in time... Yeah, there's a portion of presentation, it. Yeah. Most so it's still going on on CityLink. Yeah, <laughs> there, we just dropped in on CityLink there. That was pretty cool. Um, maybe we should just let it go and just turn the show over to Mike. No, that, let's not do that. No, let's not do that. Um, uh, the world, according to Mike, is going on right now. But in a few short weeks, he will not be mayor. And we'll be moving on. So we're going to decide who's going to take his place, right? So uh, I'm watching it. Uh, uh, last night, and I got to say, uh, from the get-go, Paul Tenhaken and Jolene Letcher, in my mind, were the clear winners. Not that anybody actually wins a debate, mind you, uh, because everybody starts from kind of a different spot in terms of expectations and public image, and uh, uh, you know, you're playing the uh, the the better doing better than uh, expected game. Uh, a note here: these are purely my subjective observations. It's sometimes harsh, but that's politics. It's not always fair or, uh, you know, it's not always impartial. Um, And here's the first point. Mike Gunn, non-factor. So we're not spending much time with Mr. Gunn today. I I commend him for entering the arena. Kenny Anderson Jr. didn't participate due to a family emergency, which is too bad. Uh, Kenny was just on this show uh, last week. And, you know, Kenny has points to make, and they're legitimate points. And missing the only televised debate is a big hit. But in reality, I'm... Kenny was and is a long shot to make the runoff. Uh, We're one week from the election, and many people are just making up their minds, however. The other four candidates are pretty evenly matched. Uh, You got Ten Haken, you got Letcher, you got your uh, uh, Greg Jameson, and uh, your uh, Jim Eneman, okay? And it wouldn't surprise me at this point if any of them were in the runoff, okay? Could it be any two of them? So when I say that Paul and Jolene won the debate, that means they've helped themselves the most, I think. Both were well-spoken with relatively detailed and complete answers to questions. They both presented themselves well, uh, though the lighting was a little harsh on Paul for some reason. He's not that pale, <laughs> all right? Uh, both addressed sensitive questions, Jolene responding to a comment uh, made during the Me Too march in January, the Women's March, uh, about inclusion, 
uh, and Paul uh, had had the question about faith and city government. Both were, um, as in Christian faith, both were reasonable and uh, did a good job. There were also some give and take on issues of inclusion in the LGBT community. Jolene pointing out she's the only candidate, which is true, who has raised the issue of equality in the campaign. Paul was talking about tolerance and being a tolerant person, and there's no place for intolerance in city government. There's a distinction there. Uh, it's subtle, but it's uh, but there is a distinction between those two points, um, and it was an interesting sort of sub-point to the evening. Uh, Greg Jameson, I thought, delivered his usual points, stayed on the smoother roads ahead. It's a double-edged slogan that addresses the physical roads and the relationship between the mayor and the council. Uh, but the reason I don't count Greg as a winner in this debate is that he didn't uh, really offer me anything new. Uh, now, as I said, there's a lot of new people tuning in, so he needs to stay on mes- message. Uh, but, you know, it was the same uh, public figure that we've come to know over the past several years on the council and in the legislature. Uh, this was an opportunity to do something more and to change some minds, and I, I didn't see that. His responses are essentially affirmations of his sort of comfort- comfortable affability uh, rather than any sort of con- concrete statements of purpose. Uh, Greg, while trustworthy and sincere, uh, he, he can suffer from this lack of specifics, okay? It's not that he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's that he doesn't always deliver that in the oratory. Uh, to some extent, uh, Jim Eneman has this same problem. Like J. Emerson, he is occasionally vague in his answers, choosing to stress his long roots in the community over uh, purposeful statements or solutions. That doesn't mean, of course, that either Greg or Jim are out of this race. Far from it. I, th- I still think it's a toss-up. People ask me all the time, uh, who's going to be the mayor? And, the, you know, my thing is, well, it depends on who makes the runoff. And it could come down. The thing about a runoff, the, the first round of voting, you've got coalitions of people in each camp. And if a two similar candidates have similar coalitions and one of those candidates is able to gain even a 100-vote advantage, advantage, 200 votes, every vote at that point is, is precious uh, because you are dealing with smaller pieces of the pie than in the second round. And that's why I say I think it's still very close. Those four people uh, bunched at the top. There's going to be a runoff. But this was the only televised debate of the campaign. So the victories, the, the good points, and the missteps are all amplified together. Everything is more important than it is in a, 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 a produced video, in a TV commercial, in a radio commercial, in an interview that is uh, uh, you know, put in the context of an issue. Because you're, you're live for two hours, you're speaking extemporaneously, there are opportunities for mistakes that aren't there in other venues, So you see these people in their real light. And the way you deliver the message sometimes is as important as the message itself. And in that regard, uh, both Ten Haken and Jolene are better at it. 
they are just better at that. They're, and I thought that last night they came off very well. Um, so in that context, I think you have to give the nod to Jolene and Paul. And uh, does that mean they're both going to be in the runoff? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's still an open question that will be decided on Tuesday. It's very exciting, though. It's good stuff. That is the bottom line on today's P&L statement. If you disagree with me or you agree with me, throw me a bone. Send me an email. Patrick at KSOO. It's a KSFY debate. You're on KSOO radio. So you email me, Patrick at KSOO.com. Get on our Twitter feed at P. Lally Show and comment there as many people have the have taken advantage of that as well. Coming up after the program, after the commercials, the news and the weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We're going to talk with the common man on Weird Friends. He has some thoughts on the mayoral election, I bet, and we'll get those from him. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are joined on the phone on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon, as we often are, by the common man for a little segment we like to call Weird Friends. It's been around for a while. Since the show launched back in the late 60s, we've been doing Weird Friends, and the common man has been part of that rotation ever since. Mr. Common Man, thank you for being here today. And it's great to be with you, Patrick. Nice to know I qualify on both counts. It's, 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 <laughs> you know, got double indemnity. That's right. You are you are in fact a friend and self-professed weirdo. <laughs> no, that's not. That's not even true. You're one of the most normal people I know. Oh well, I'm, I'll work on it. <laughs> trying someday. I hope to be the Whitney Brown. Uh, hey, did you watch the debate at all last night? Are you following the mayor? I, you know, I, I I was aware of it. I didn't watch it. Mm. Simply because, well, you know, I was watching basketball games. <laughs> and the second thing is, is that, you know, debates, I mean, it just sometimes shows people at their worst light, especially in, in elections where people aren't super, super polished politician types. You know, that's, they're just normal people trying to run for an office, you know, and so sometimes they either, they either get so tight or they, or they speak too plainly, and then the people are like, ah, that, you know, which I kind of like. I would just prefer the conversations you have on your show. Those mm-hmm. are, those are are great uh, revealers of what people's plans are, but I, was, I enjoyed it because it kind of, uh, the race so far, and in listening uh, to your interviews and, and things of reading and stuff, you, know, you kind of get a little thumbnail of each, each of the candidates, Yeah, you you got know, it, I think, it, anyway. Yeah, you've got something established in your brain, and because you are a, a regular listener to the show, you've had that extended conversation with the candidates, so you have, you have an idea of who they are, you've got it boiled down. Yeah, you know, I, I, guess I had some thoughts, and I was, you know, thought I'd bounce them off you. Yeah, you know? no, no, that's what we're here for, man. Take a shot. Let's yeah, so, so you know, I was running through the list, the six, the six people in there, you know, and I thought, you know, Greg Jameson. Mm-hmm. In the and two words come to my mind. When I think about Greg, mm-hmm. Jan Brady. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jan Brady. Jan, you know, because you know, remember Jan? She was always working hard, trying to get attention, doing great things, you know, doing, you know, but. Always overshadowed by somebody else. Yeah, that's true. You know, always kind of working in the shadows. You know, you call it Carl Malone disease, <laughs> Dan Marino disease. You know, you're great, 
but there's always seems to be somebody that's that's well, a little whatever. Yeah, maybe not better. Better isn't isn't the word involved, but just has a little more flash, mm-hmm. a little something. Gets but, more credit. Yeah, I mean, it's just and that's that's you know, Greg is is all of that and more. Mm-hmm. The guy's been banging at it and helping work the city for a long time, but eh, he's just got that thing going. Yeah. For and he gets to say, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> you there, you there, you there. <laughs> That's good. All right. That's one. Yeah. So then you, then you have Paul, you know, mm-hmm. and I always cut Ben Aiken, and uh, I always think, I see him as Elliot Ness. <laughs> and, and if you saw in the beginning of The Untouchables, you know, he's such a Dudley Do-Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and all the other Chicago cops are going, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, does this guy know what he's getting into? And he's, you know, Paul is a great guy. I, I actually know him a little bit personally but, mm-hmm. and a uh, superhuman being. But you wonder if he knows what he's getting himself into. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that. It's, you know, it's a deal about wrestling with pigs. It's, you're not, you're going to get dirty and the pig likes it. <laughs> that's exactly it. You know, so that, I don't know if he's quite, his good-naturedness and purity of spirit is going to work well in politics. We'll, we'll have to see. You know, when you said Dudley Do-Right, I thought you were going for a chin metaphor. Oh, that's good, too, though. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a handsome chin. God, you, for a jawline like that, what would I do? <laughs> All right, there, that's Paul. Yep, and, and Jim Inneman. You mm-hmm. know, Jim's, you know, he's kind of a status quo guy. You know, he's, he's kind of aligned with the current regime, but, you know, minus... The maniacal edge <laughs> that cuts both ways for Mayor Mike. Yeah, you know that's that's his calling card. It's, we're going to get stuff done. You may not like it, but it's going to happen. And so there, <laughs> the trains are going to run on time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jim Cotton comes as a, maybe a friendlier version of of that. Same vision, but not with a, with half the acidity. He also looks like he could kind of grab onto you and like never let go. You know Shake what I mean? you by the lapels a little bit. <laughs> Maybe choke you out. <laughs> if need be, yeah. Just go yeah, to Yeah, and Kenny Anderson. Now, there's Kenny for you in a nutshell. Not being, mm-hmm. you know, having some family emergency, can't make the debate. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of Sioux Falls' version of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Everybody, you know, enormously popular. People love Kenny Anderson. But, you know, he just doesn't have the, the big money connections in the in the profile to be able to project out to being a a, a winner of an election like that, mm-hmm. and you know, and everybody you, you talk to, oh yeah, I love love them, love them. Do you have any money to give him? No, 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 <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, but you know, he's he comes from a working class constituency. Well, is that fair? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, and you fair. Know, nobody's going to shell out a bunch of cash for Kenny. Mm-hmm. But, right. Yeah. yeah. It's good, good luck. So, and then that's what politics are, money. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jolene, of course, you know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I'll be proven wrong probably, but I see this as a red shirt run. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, her, it's the first pancake for her. You know, she's running, she's got a lot of charisma, superstar power, she's got a lot, a lot of things going for her, but I just don't, I don't know if she's too, too young and not enough experience. She's 39. I know, but 39 for, for me. You know, for the old, who, who votes in elections, Pat? Yeah, people that are older than 39. Exactly. Well, so it is a changing, a changing city, you know what I mean? And that's exactly the reason she might win. Yeah. You know, the, the same things that I say are against her are exactly the reasons why she might win. She could. She could. But uh, so that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, uh, representation 
of the did you you haven't talked about did Mike you talk Gunn, about Mike yep, Gunn? I, I got I saved Mike for my clean no he's obviously the dark horse yeah and you know just the fact that he looks like Viper from Top Gun <laughs> Tom Skerritt <laughs> doesn't hurt he looks like a more a little bit more worn version of Tom Skerritt well you know I mean no, but still I might I might get my wife's vote really and the, and the beauty of that is. When you're nothing to lose, you speak your mind. And I thought the point, one of the points he made is that he said, you know, I don't know if we should always be thinking about growing all the time. Why can't we just make the things that we have a lot better? Mm-hmm. Which is a totally unpopular. Everybody thinks that's, well, we got to grow, we got to do this, gotta, mm-hmm. and we do. But, you know, why can't we make the stuff we have better? Why, why can't we have a better bike trail? Why can't mm-hmm. we have a better downtown? Why can't we have lots of cooler things? Why can't we get from the east side of the city to the west side? <laughs> Come you know, on now. Those things. Yeah, the old the old east to west debate. That's that's right. That is right in Mike Gunn's ballywick, right there. See, I like it's, that, and I do. And so I, I mean, oh, can we improve? Can we grow? Can we continue to build things? Yeah, but what at the you know? Can we also address things right in front of us? Yeah, that's the Mike Gunn Mike Gunn approach. Also, last night in the debate, you know, everybody else is at least a little bit moderately dressed up and Mike's wearing like a, uh, a like a leisure shirt from, you know, from the beach. <laughs> Looking good, Mike. Stand up, man. Just came from, uh, you know, Margaritaville. <laughs> That's exactly it. But, you know, sometimes that plays. Don't let, don't underestimate, you know, the man in the leisure shirt. Oh, definitely. In, in politics, if, if you look, if everybody looks the same and you look different, that's true. They'll That's remember true. you. Hey, uh, uh, common man. Mm-hmm. Do you? I, I want to talk to you about the twins some more. We talked about twins last week, but I want to talk to you about after a few games here. Can you mm-hmm. can you hang on with us here? Absolutely. All right, we're going to come right back and continue our conversation with the common man on Weird Friends, a special twofer edition. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. 3 of 47 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSO. And we are continuing our conversation with the common man on Weird Friends because, well, just because we can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Common Man, uh, I, I need to talk to you about the twins, though. Hey, well, one, one thing quick. Okay. Quick. I saw the, the news about, about Sioux Falls' downtown trolley. Yeah. So, well, we're going to have to discontinue it. Yeah, it's done. It's, it's, a, it's a small bus. <laughs> yes. It's not large. The city of Sioux Falls can't fund a small bus. <laughs> no. But, but, so every time this happens, I think this is like the second or third time the old trolleys face the guillotine. Yep. And... It's almost, uh, do we have to hold out a tin cup and have a bake sale every time we want to do something in this city? Oh, my. Apparently. You know, it used to be free you can't to ride afford the trolley. a bus? <laughs> no, we can't. We can't afford a bus. <laughs> <laughs> a bus. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I I understand. You know, it costs a lot of money, but it... It's a tourist thing, right? People just, uh, I don't know. What's it? It's, I don't understand. I mean, is, is it a nuclear-powered trolley? <laughs> Does it have to go through appropriations? Somebody's got it. Well, yeah, somebody's got to drive it. Pay for a trolley? It. Yeah, somebody's got to drive it. 
you know, somebody's got to pay for the gas and the upkeep. Are, are, we, are we paying Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> to drive it? Shouldn't, shouldn't be that hard. I mean, I don't, I, I, I just don't see where the, you know, is this the budget? Am I, well, I don't know about that trolley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the city gave it up a long time ago. Then they turned it over to downtown Sioux Falls and they uh, said that it, the, 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 uh, the $1 cost to ride the thing only covers 20% of the cost. So... You know, Are you looking to make money off your bus? No, no, the bus is going away. But that's true of all our buses. Everybody complains about how much it costs. <laughs> you're a city of 180,000 people, and you can't afford a bus. <laughs> it goes back and forth from Falls Park. Yeah, to the, yeah, you know, gets people on there. Yeah, this is great. Apparently you not. know, I'll bet you, I'll bet you if the booze cycle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The no, booze I'll bet cycle. you if that came up. Yeah. That would get rubber stamped. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like city, nobody's business. City finance booze pedal thing. God, I just, I, sometimes, how small our city is and how, how big it is, it always amazes me. Yeah, well, Dan's piping in here with the magic bus, so there you go. This? So where's Ken Kesey when you need him, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's right. We want our magic bus. Are you are you done with the bus? I'm okay now. All right. So the twins <laughs> uh, here on your home for the Minnesota Twins information one thousand KSOO. A um, couple things I noticed right away: the pitching has been really good, except for this uh, this guy last night, Lance Lynn. Yep. Yeah. Now he, he he's okay though, right? I mean, he had oh, one bad hurts. inning thrown Holy in the cold. Yeah, and he had he signed late. Only got a couple couple quick turns in spring training, you know. And he's a big, he's a big, strong power pitching kind of guy. So he's going to need the innings in the work. He'll be fine. He he's the least six. of the worries. But when you see Kyle Gibson go out and throw six shutout innings, you go, "Ooh, Things that's new." <laughs> this this could be Barrios, 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 Barrios in the house. Um, this he was coming on last year had a great season, but. We really think that he could be something else, right? Oh yeah, I think he's got. He has that sort of ability. I mean, the, the plus plus stuff to be able to get strikeouts. The guys, you know, that the type of guy the Twins haven't had since Joanne Santana. You go out there and just you know knock out about ten strikeouts, get deep into games, and not have to pitch to contact all the time. Yeah. It's a, that's a beautiful thing to watch to see other batters strike out. <laughs> Besides the twins, yeah, it's very nice. Now uh, they had a pretty good showing in Baltimore, which I fully expect. You go into Baltimore to open the season; it's going to be crappy. You're on the road. You go in there and just stink up the joint. But they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. And it was. And there were three pretty well, very well played games by the twins. And even the game in Pittsburgh, other than, other than the uh, the five run first inning, they played nicely. They've got you know Max Kepler's hitting left handed pitching, which is. Very, very encouraging, considering that was a huge weakness for him last year. You see the, the progress from the young guys. Dodger's already got three home runs. Mm-hmm. There's, spring is, is, is a good thing. It's not the Twins off to their normal 0-5 start. Yeah, and then fighting back through June. Yeah, the, the scrappy comeback. Gee, we just ran out of gas. and oh, <laughs> you know, That sort of thing. You know, yeah, keep so yourself in. It's like, it's like a golf tournament, right? You can't win on Thursday, but you sure can lose. Keep yourself moving. Win a few games. Get yourself in position. Yeah. Um, I'm encouraged again. And uh, they play tomorrow. 
In Pittsburgh again, uh, start time 5.05, 4.30 pregame here on Information 1000 KSO, your home for the Minnesota Twins. So. Can, can I ask you and Uber producer Dan Peters a question? Yeah. Why do you play opening day and then have a day off in, in Baltimore? Because there could be weather that could affect it, so they kind of put holes in well, the schedule. Well, they time in. Okay. Yes, they did, yeah. Okay, but couldn't you put that at the end? <laughs> <laughs> no, these are kind of like, you know, the snow days in school. Yeah. You don't want to have to go back to Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? You're only going once. Uh, it just seems so, hey, well, the season's off and running, and, you know, mm, and yeah. it's 180 games, or 162 games in 180 days, and you take a day off after one game. <laughs> that's right. Well, that means Barrios gets a few extra turns, though. That's right. There you go. Okay. All right. It's, I'm with you. It's a good then. thing. It's a good thing. And, uh, and uh, Thursday is the first day of the Masters, also the home opener for the Twins, on at the same time, barring a rainout in which we would have a Patrick Lally show, I will be watching both. Think about that. Oh, you. my goodness. That's, now, that's a day. Uh, Common Man, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us today. I know you got places to go and things to do. Well, snow to shovel. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to nice. go there. Nice. I support that decision. <laughs> See better. you next week. Bye. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got Pat Powers from the South Dakota War College, and we'll be talking politics. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. KSOO. Announcements with 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up on Friday, April 6th, that's this Friday, downtown, first Friday. It's a special day of shopping, art, and entertainment in downtown Sioux Falls, and it's always a gas no matter the weather, because you can go inside, or you can hang out outside. You can walk around, you visit a variety of retailers, artist venues, and restaurants. Enjoy free and discounted activities at the Washington Pavilion, which is a benefit right there. That's this Friday. Always a good time downtown. Coming up after the break, news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We'll talk with Pat Powers from South Dakota War College about politics. And then Lizzie Kasperic, she is a sports dietitian with the sport with Sanford Health. We're going to talk about FDA regulations and some changes. That's all next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we're doing a little uh, flip-flop with our uh, blogger showcase this week, and it's Tuesday, which normally is uh, not Pat Powers. He's normally on Wednesday, but Pat uh, graciously accepted my invitation to come on the Tuesday show. So, Pat, of the South Dakota War College, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, Say, I was uh, looking through South Dakota War College. It's actually dakotawarcollege.com. Uh, we just call it the South Dakota War College. And uh, the uh, I noticed that you have uh, uh, spent a fair amount of time. You, you write a lot about Republican uh, comings and goings and candidacies and ads and, and the, the ins and outs of uh, uh, GOP stuff. But you also uh, drop in some other stuff. And uh, one of the things that's been going on lately is the third party candidates are coming out of the woodwork. Are they not? Well, they are. They are. You've got candidates from 
who are declaring for office from the Libertarian Party and uh, and the Constitution Party, which are are probably the two main what we might call third party groups in South Dakota. Uh, they they recently just uh, had a lawsuit that was heard in federal court with regards to ballot access. And uh, the universe changed for them because there were some court decisions and uh, and during the legislative session, some laws passed in response to those decisions, which uh, allow these parties with what we call alternative party status the ability to nominate their statewide candidates at convention as opposed to having, well, in addition to being able to go through the traditional petitioning process. So they could have a, a, a regular primary uh, like Republicans or Democrats, but they don't have to? Is that how that works out? That That's correct. That's correct. And in fact, they're allowed to even go so far as not just statewide candidates, but uh, they're, they have the ability to nominate candidates for the state legislature. Uh, they have to nominate them at convention, so they don't even have to go through a petitioning process for legislative candidates. So this will be the first year that happens, and, and uh, already libertarians are promising uh, uh, several candidates to to run for office on the statewide level and in the legislature. So the now the the Democrats and Republicans have been able to do this fill the ballot at convention as well, right? We call it because that's what creates that this weird anomaly we have that the Democrats have used quite a bit, which is placeholders. So they get somebody to put in their petitions to run for a seat in the legislature. Well, well that, that, doesn't, that doesn't take place at convention. Uh, for, for the major political parties, the Republican and Democrat Party, they nominate their constitutional candidates at convention, mm-hmm. and that's lieutenant governor through school and lands. Got it. But, uh, but libertarians and constitution party candidates, they kind of get... Uh, a couple of extras because they're uh, they're pretty far flung and don't have a lot of members in South Dakota, so they're allowing them to to nominate for Congress for or, or, or no not Congress but for governor and uh, and the legislative candidates. They get to put those in a convention in addition to the constitutional can, uh, officers. It is kind of strange, isn't it? How the different parties have different statuses and thereby kind of different rules that they play by, which is a little bit odd when you think about it. Well, it, it's a very uneven playing field, but libertarians argue for them to collect uh, the number of signatures they need for governor, uh, they they literally have to scour the state to find libertarians to sign their petitions. So the court has decreed that they they get uh, they get this extra benefit for for governor and legislature where they can just they can just pick them. Hmm, that's very interesting, and that is a fairly recent uh, 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 development, is it not? I mean, that was part of this court case that just federal court case that was decided not that long ago. Yeah, uh, we're we're talking a matter of weeks, so uh, it's uh, it's probably too early this year for to see it see it have an appreciable effect, but. They'll, uh, because the Libertarians have their convention here, I believe, in uh, April 17th. So they'll, uh, uh, probably it'll be in the 2020 election where, where they're going to fill a significant mm-hmm. amount of their slate this way. But for now, they're, they're kind of just getting a few people who will be running. Now, what's also interesting is sometimes uh, the Libertarians or the Constitution Party end up being um, 
you know, refuges or the last home for people who either uh, got chucked out of their parties to a certain degree or didn't make the ballot or for whatever reason, no longer feel at home in one of the other parties? Well, you know, and it's probably putting it a little indelicately, but uh, a lot of times they tend to be the uh, the dumpster fire of uh, <laughs> political campaigns. Sometimes. Uh, you, know, and, uh, you know, with the Libertarian Party uh, for governor right now, they've got a gentleman by the name of C.J. Abernathy, uh, who is uh, vowing to go burn a flag in uh at Marty Jackley's office mm-hmm. in July to uh, commemorate uh, some court decision that went against him, and and uh, I, I'm I'm sure that's going to go well up at uh, where Marty's office is in the headquarters of uh, DCI, and and I yeah. believe the FBI is next so- mm. door. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. Good idea, uh, and that. And then uh, they have a uh, a candidate that they're another candidate. Um, that they're saying is soon to be announced. So we'll see. Uh, that's going to be a convention fight. So we're not even sure who the other candidate is going to be with uh, with just a few weeks until the uh, nomination. Uh, the Constitution Party has already announced they've got Kurt Evans, who's run in about every election for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Terry, Dr. Terry Lee LaFleur, who uh, just lost or just couldn't get on the ballot for the Republican primary for governor. So because he couldn't get on the ballot as a Republican, he's going to go the nomination route with the Constitution Party. Well, that's interesting. So they have uh, convention fights in both the uh, third parties. For the, the Absolutely. That's and, pretty and wild. In fact, uh, I was just reading this morning that... Uh, the Constitution Party says there may even be a third candidate for governor. Oh, so, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, and, and that's, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say that's symptomatic of uh, why they don't have a lot of members in South Dakota. But, you know, everybody has, is entitled to their own political views. And, and so more power to them. They're, Makes they're it fun. They're getting out there and running. Makes it fun, Pat. Uh, we're going to come right back and uh, chat just a little bit more with Pat Powers from the uh, DakotaWarCollege.com blog from up in Brookings. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. KSOO, one simple word could make you a winner. Here is your code. Here's today's KSO cash code word for your chance to win up to $5,000. Car car Here's Dave Ramsey with today's Ramsey Reality Check. When you fill out FAFSA and stuff like that, understand financial aid to those people, because those people are stupid, Lally. is a student That's loan. Last and a student loan Can is you not imagine if I had aid. to say Lally Patrick is in Thousand KSO. Get up with it, Patrick. Student loan is debt. She loves to tell me she hates the things I do. She loves to lie beside me almost every night. 
419 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Pat Powers of the Dakota War College blog. And uh, Pat, we talked a little bit about the third parties in the race, but of course, there are plenty of first parties in the race uh, uh, all across the board. And I see by the Dakota War College blog that uh, the ads are starting to come for the U.S. House race, the primary between Chantel Krebs and uh, the uh, uh, and uh, Dusty Johnson. So things are starting to heat up, eh? Well, they are. Uh, Dusty uh, Dusty was going on the air today and. Uh, and released his ad last night, and Chantel Krebs released an ad uh, just just an hour, a couple hours ago. Uh, we haven't seen anything from uh, Neil Tapio yet, uh, who is the other candidate in that race, but I, I'm sure that will be coming soon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the question well, well, for I, me a little bit is, is uh, has Neil, he got his uh, petitions in, um, is he going to be able to raise a lot of money? You mentioned that he himself has plenty of money. Well, Neil, uh, I, I've spoken with Neil, and he indicated he's not he's not terribly concerned about raising money in the race. That he has the ability to self fund, uh, which you know, and I, I he, he's an unusual candidate in that he wants to spend his own money on a on a political race, and uh, you know, more power to him if if he, he's feels that he can do that. Uh, I, I'm probably a bit cheaper than that myself. I try to raise it. But, uh, yeah, Neil is uh, Neil is going to be self-funding, so he's not worried about money. Uh, and uh, versus uh, Dusty and Chantel, who've both been raising money since last year uh, to make sure they've got sufficient funds to go on the air. Uh, Dusty's uh, doing, looks like he's doing his ads through, Lawrence and Schiller and uh, of Sioux Falls and uh, Chantel is using Red Prince strategies out of Arlington, Virginia, and that's uh, one of the principals in that firm is Casey Phillips, who's a West River boy and, and played football for Augustana. Oh, really? So yeah. there there is a local connection to the uh, East Coast firm. Um, there is, there we, is. But that's you know, the, the, it's not unusual for uh, South Dakota candidates to use. Uh, firms from out of state, is it? Uh, no, a lot of them. A lot of them do. Uh, you know, there's there's only a limited amount of political expertise in South Dakota, and they they tend to get snatched up pretty quickly. Uh, and uh, you know, Lawrence and Schiller's been used by a number of candidates. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Rounds has used them. Dennis Dugard's used them. Uh, you know, they're Dusty uh, when he was running for PUC has used them before. Uh, but uh, so there's, you know, there's not a, a lot of ad firms at their level. And so sometimes you're, you're looking out of state, uh, as Chantel did, to talk to, uh, talk to Casey Phillips. Is it uh, a uh, conflict for an ad agency to make, can- to make ads for multiple candidates in a race? Uh, well, usually, usually they will stick with just one candidate and, uh, that's that's not uncommon, and in fact, a lot of campaigns will will demand exclusivity. Uh, like with uh, Neil Tapio, he uh, he was uh, attempting to hire a gentleman from Alton Rapid City who was uh, 
uh, this gentleman was doing work for Neil and and doing uh, happened to be found to be doing work with Chantel circulating her petition. So Neil put the hammer down and said, you know, I if you're working with her, I'm you know I don't really want to share my information with the other campaign. So they uh, they put a stop to that right away. So campaigns are going to be the one primary ones demanding exclusivity. Oh, that's interesting. So we are going to see a three-way ad war uh, in the House race GOP nomination. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've already got uh, Marty Jackley and uh, Christy Nome getting their ads pumped out Mm -hmm. there. So uh, I'm sure the TV stations are going to love the ad revenues here for the next few months. And and uh, there's other candidates who wouldn't mind getting on the air, too, especially at the legislative level locally in Sioux Falls. But uh, they're going to be fighting those ad prices as driven by the statewide candidates. Yeah, it's pre- it's going to be a pretty full uh, a nightly newscast uh, from here through June for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and if people want to see where or or who's going to be advertising, mm-hmm. uh, as you well know, uh, both radio and TV stations have to maintain public files yeah. where people can come in and review who's bought uh, what politicians bought advertising. And it's interesting because a lot of this stuff you have to pre-buy or you won't get it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and sometimes people are buying things at various rates that, uh, they, they think they're getting a cheap rate up front, but, uh, then they could be preempted and bumped by people who are willing to pay a higher price. Yeah, it's interesting. And there'll be a little more room here after the mayoral election's over. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Pat Powers, he's the blogger up in Brookings with uh, Dakota War College, which covers a lot of issues out there uh, pertaining to particularly Republican side of the aisle politics, but you see a lot of other stuff too. Uh, he's with us uh, about usually on Wednesdays, but once a week. So, uh, Pat, thanks a lot for taking some time for us today, and uh, good luck up there. Oh, thanks for having me. Coming up right after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to chat about uh, nutrition with a sports nutritionist from Sanford Health. That's Lizzie Kasparic, and uh, we look forward to that. So stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are joined in the studio today by Lizzie Kasparic. She is a sports dietitian with the Sports Science Institute out there at Sanford Sports Complex. Lizzie, thanks a lot for being with us today. Try that one more time. There we go. I'm having a time. <laughs> I'm having a day. I'm back here on the board. Thanks for having me. There we go. We <laughs> nailed it. Uh, so, Lizzie, what does a sports dietitian with the Sports Science Institute at Sanford Health, uh, what do you do? Yeah, um, I do a lot of things. So I'm a registered dietitian, um, and I'm a board-certified specialist in sports dietetics. So that means... It's a fancy term for saying that I know about sports, different sports, and can help athletes of all ages kind of um, determine what diet will help them train and perform better. Um, So it's not just, you know, I think of like middle school, high school athletes, mostly out at the sports complex, but it's also college athletes, uh, the Sioux Falls Sky Force, and then kind of your everyday athletes. Like I'm, I'm an endurance athlete. I do marathons. I really like to work with that clientele as well. 
So the thing about being uh, when you're training, when you're an athlete, right? And we're gonna we're gonna bring this around <laughs> to all you people here in just a second. But when you're training, and I used to do this, you feel like you can eat anything. So if you're doing all that, what do you what what's the biggest mistake that people who are very active make in terms of what they eat to fuel their bodies? Yeah, there's kind of, there's kind of a couple different things, and I just wrote a blog on this today on the Stanford Power website on underfueling. Nice plug. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> underfueling is probably a big one. Um, athletes are burning a ton of calories, right? Um, and underfueling is probably a big issue for not being able to train and perform at the level that you could, um, but also probably a little bit of overfueling as well. So I get people in my office that say, you know, hey, why am I gaining weight while I'm marathon training or I'm training for this, you know, huge long bike race? Why mm -hmm. am I gaining weight? Um, it's not usually, I mean, it depends on the kind of athlete that you are, what your goal is and that kind of thing. And I can meet, I can help athletes meet any kind of goal that they, they have. That's interesting. So oftentimes people aren't eating the right things. Yes, right? exactly. Getting your calories from the wrong place, like pizza. <laughs> yeah. Which we're going to talk yeah. about in a minute. Um, but there, the, the, the uh, interesting thing uh, that's going on in the world today for average consumers is that we continue to change what is uh, sort of the recommended amounts of a lot of stuff. And uh, that includes changing the labeling on foods. And this is interesting. Uh, so there are there are changes coming, right, to what we look at when we look at the a can of soup or whatever. Yeah. So the FDA is changing the uh, food label. So the nutrition facts label that's on the back of um, any foods that aren't, you know, like fruits and vegetables and proteins and things like that. But any of the packaged foods that come in a package um, are going to have a food label on the back. So ingredients and nutrition facts label, and that's all changing. And we look at these things like we know what we're talking about, you know, but what am I going to see now? I'm used to a certain label. I grew up with a certain label, Lizzie. I'm looking, I go down and I know, how is it going to change? Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of things that are changing. And, and I think it's funny because even though we've all grown up probably with a, a label and kind of looking at a specific thing, for instance, calories or calories from fat, um, I think that we don't always know why we're looking at that or kind of how it's relevant, mm -hmm. like what's important, right? Um, so they're trying to really pinpoint what is important for consumers. So the biggest thing that's changing is um, the amount of food that's in a food serving. So they're making it more um, reasonable. Like if you've ever looked at the back of a candy bar and it says, you know, a third of a bar is one serving. Mm -hmm. I mean, for most people, they're going to eat the whole bar or right. one and of those. And then they'll think, I only had 120 calories. Well, yeah. And so <laughs> the, calori the calories were listed for one serving. But I mean, I don't know if you've ever eaten something and then, you know, eaten the whole thing and then you turn it around and you yeah. go, oh man, I just yeah. ate a thousand calories. That's it for the day. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happens to me all the time. For Usually I say that if you focus on general, you know, healthy nutrition, we're eating a lot of things that really aren't in packages. Um, but for, for the general consumer, like you said, most Americans are eating food out of packages or from restaurants. Um, and that's really where the education piece comes in. And we need to be able to educate people that are eating those foods that are in packages. Hey, what should we be looking for? So, you know, when you do drink that 24 ounce Coke, and it's not just half of it that you're drinking or one cup that you're drinking, right? You're, you're drinking the whole thing. And, and what is the calories for that? Yes, exactly. Like when I drink a two liter uh, jug of Mountain Dew, for instance, <laughs> how many calories are we actually talking? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Let's get out. Let's get that out there. Um, so this is, when is this happening? Like when, when are these changes coming into 
Is it going to happen like this year or what's the deal? Yeah, there. I mean, there are a couple products that I've seen out there that already do have the new Nutrition Facts label. So the biggest thing is that calories is big now. Um, they've kind of emphasized calories. Um, so you can probably find a couple products out there. And, and I don't even remember what it was, mm-hmm. but I kind of turned it over and was like, oh, wow, it's already out there. Um some of the things that I'm kind of excited for, like ice cream, I know it used to say like half a cup was a serving and now it's more like three quarters of a cup. So yeah. things like that. So you'll kind of start to notice these things. But I think that um, they've they've been kind of getting some pushback just because it probably does take a long time. If you think of yep. all of the packages on the market to be able to change that label um, and even kind of figure out, hey, I'm a food company. What should be going on that label or what what do we want consumers to see? Yeah. And it's not something you can do every six months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's coming. Uh, and uh, in addition to the bigger calories, what else is going to change on there that I should be paying attention to? Yeah, so um, one of the other big things is the added sugar. So dietary guidelines recommend, um, and the most recent dietary guidelines, that Americans eat less than 10% of their total calories coming from added sugars. So the food label is now making the distinction of what is an added sugar. So things like um, if you've added um, like table sugar or honey or anything that's added to the product. For for instance, I think of like um, dried cranberries or chocolate milk, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to tell us how many of those sugars are natural or how many of those sugars are coming from um, us adding sugar to that product. That's very interesting because um, there's a lot of debate on sugars, especially sweeteners of all kinds. But for instance, uh, uh, corn syrup, you know, corn extract, however they make that sugar, um, that your body maybe doesn't process that, process that as well as sugar that might come from uh, juices, like real 100% juices, whether it's apple, orange, whatever, your body might process that better, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the science on how our bodies process things, but I do know that Americans are eating a lot of added sugars. And I know that when you do look at a lot of the products, for instance, like applesauce, um, you would think that an applesauce is just apples, maybe a, a little bit of sugar. But some of those products, you'd be really surprised about the amount of sugar that is in a product. Um, and it, it is p- palatable, right? Like people like things that taste sugary. But I think that sometimes we don't always know how much of those products that we're consuming when, you know, maybe if we did get the unsweetened version, we wouldn't even notice. Yeah, that's right. Um we're going to take a very short break here. We're going to come back and talk more with Lizzie Kasparik, and we're going to hit salt. Oh, <laughs> I love salt. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Maybe the sun will shine today. 445 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And maybe the sun will shine today. Kind of, it's kind of shining out it there, is isn't now, it? Yeah. It's getting better. We're here with Lizzie Kasparek. She is a sports dietitian with Sanford Sports Health. Oh, man. It's the, I, why do I, I can never, Sports Science Institute. I have messed that up more times than I like to say. Anyway, <laughs> she works for Sanford Health and she is a sports dietitian. We've been talking about the new labeling coming from the FDA and how all that additional sugar is bad for us and we need to be watching that uh but first uh, before we get to salt the other side of the coin here uh lizzie how do you how do you end up as a sports dietitian this seems like a pretty good gig 
Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, I actually, me and my husband moved out here when I got the job here at Sanford Health um, out of grad school. So my um, graduate degree and when I did my dietetic internship to become a dietitian was sports focused. So this was kind of everything that I had dreamed of and, and wanted to do in grad school. Um, I kind of switched careers. So I have a degree in Russian from the University of Wisconsin. I was pre-med and I took a nutrition class like my super senior year. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, people get to talk about nutrition and um, tell people about food, right? And it's also science, which I liked. Um, so I kind of switched gears. Russian? Yeah, it was kind of a way to make me stand out if I applied to med school. It was, I'm, I'm, I know my advisor will never listen to this, but my advisor recommended that. So you didn't I, want to go into the CIA or anything? <laughs> I th- I'm sure they would have asked me to if I had stayed in that, but who knows? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I would like to speak some Russian. Uh, but, <laughs> so you went to Wisconsin? Yeah, I went to University of Wisconsin, and, and I was involved in like marathon running. And that's kind of how I got interested in nutrition um, to start off, because you start off running a marathon your freshman year of college. You don't know what you're doing. You put on some you know cotton leggings and a <laughs> cotton T-shirt, and you try to go out and run these miles, and you don't have the right fuel with you. And then you start to realize, like, oh, if I start to eat a little bit better, if I start to bring some fuel with me on this run, then I, I feel better. And I do better on this run and I finish the marathon without dying, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of how I started getting interested in nutrition in the first place. Uh, without going too far into this, uh, because it's nobody cares, but the, uh, what's it called at uh, UW campus? It's the Observation Hill thing where they got that big observatory thing oh, up yeah, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a horrible place to run. <laughs> yeah, I that's did, where I did my training miles, probably. I did two Ironmans through there, and it uh, nice. I ha- it's I wake up in a cold sweat all the time. <laughs> anyway, um, so you're a marathoner. You end up going into dietetics, dietitianing, yeah. and, and you end up in Sioux Falls working for Sanford. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I had never been out here. We like Sioux Falls, though. Uh, so let's talk about salt. See, uh, we eat way too much salt, right? Yeah. I love salt. Don't take away my salt. <laughs> yeah. So the recommendation is something like 2,300 milligrams of sodium. Um, and most people are eating twice as much as that. So a lot of Americans are, are going way overboard. Um, and it's coming mostly from processed foods. So um, things like your pizzas and crackers and breads. And um, I mean, if you look on the back of some of the some of the things out there, some of the food items, you'll see that they do have a lot of sodium. So if you're looking at that 2300 milligrams, um, if unless you're eating one slice of pizza, you're probably, um, you know, hitting quite a bit of your daily allotment there. So 2300 milligrams. Um, so give us a sense, a, a piece of, uh, pizza from, uh, let's say a, a normal pizza joint. You can pick anyone you want. I mean, like how many milligrams are in a piece of pizza? Oh my gosh. I think it, there's such a big variety, even yeah. in you know, the amount of calories and nutrients. I got one from some kid was selling pizza for his fundraiser and we were like, oh yeah, let's get this pizza. It was something like, you know, 600 calories just for one slice. I mean, I hardly ever look at the nutrition facts for my own stuff because I think, like I said before, you eat mostly healthy foods. You don't really have to look at it, but just throwing it away. And I kind of glanced at it. I'm thinking, well, God, we ate that whole pizza. We probably ate 5,000 calories of mm. pizza. But yeah, so it kind of, it's a, there's a huge variety and that's kind of what the push is. Like, hey, let's reduce the amount of sodium that's even in those packaged foods. So we can't really encourage people to eat less foods, right? Especially processed foods. Um, that I mean, a lot of people rely on those foods, right? It, 
and lots of people don't have the, you know, either skill set um, or a lot of those foods are, are a little bit, you know, more budget friendly. Um, and so there's a lot of different, you know, variables that go into why people eat those processed foods. So if we can't prevent people from eating those foods, um, how do we reduce the amount of sodium that's in those foods? So because really, it's not that you're putting salt too. I'm not putting too much salt on my uh, my eggs or whatever. Yeah, it's it's that if. It, it all comes back to those processed foods. If you're making like, uh, I think of the frozen uh, lunches or the dinners, yeah. all the, you know, even the ones that say healthy on them, mm-hmm. they they have a lot of salt in them, even if they are not high in calories, even if they're not high in fat and they look like they have some good things. The salt is there. Is it is it, is it just to maintain it or is it actually... Can you taste it? What? Why is there so much salt in these things? Yeah, so there's probably a lot of different, there's probably a food scientist listening to that's going to hope that I say, you know, food science plays a huge, you know, role in mm-hmm. why people put salt in things. It could be taste, right? So people like salty food. It tastes good, right? Um, it could also be texture. So maybe that salt helps give that food a certain texture. Um, preserving it, obviously, if we add salt to things, it's going to, um, you know, reduce yeah. like bacterial growth and things like that. So there's a lot of food science components to go into why there's salt added to things. But uh, of course, they are trying to get they meaning the FDA is trying to reduce the amount of salt that's even put into some of these foods in the first place. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, (laughs) The uh, but they're they're even changing the FDA is looking at what the word healthy means. Yeah, because it gets thrown around. You know, it's in the brand names of some things. It's it gets labeled on people think oh this says it's healthy yeah and, and that, it's really not that's what's misleading is uh, there was a case um a while back about a certain granola bar and it's made of like nuts and seeds mm-hmm. and all of these things and it had the word healthy on it and they you know they came out and said hey you can't put that word on there and they're thinking like you know well, how come this brand can put healthy on there? And what's the difference? Well, it was like the amount of fat or something because it had this amount of fat. So they really are trying to figure out, hey, what what does healthy mean? And and all these companies are coming out and saying, well, eggs are healthy, even though they have cholesterol, they're healthy. Or um, our brand is healthy because X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, everybody's really trying to come out and say, well, what is a healthy food? And even when I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, where do we where do we draw that line, right? Where do we draw like the the marketing line that says this is healthy? Um, because there's a lot of lines drawn for things like low fat. There's a certain percentage of fat that it has to have to say low fat or reduced fat or no fat, right? There's certain guidelines. So where do we make that guideline for healthy? Um, because even you, I'm sure, eat a lot different than me um, and a lot of my clients. There's a huge variety in what we all eat and what we consider to be healthy. Or what foods make us feel good, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think I'm coming to the point in my life where I just believe that if it's something that that is a natural food, an egg, okay? I need eggs forever. Well, I had, I mean, I got no history of cholesterol. You know, I got none of that. I should be eating eggs like crazy. And now I eat eggs like mad. But that the notion that if it comes from something comes from the earth or it comes from an animal or it's naturally produced, somehow it has to be better for me, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what I try to to recommend to clients. So like a lot of these foods that we are eating out of packages and things like that, uh, there's plenty of healthy foods, right? But if the only thing that we're eating is out of packages all the time, then I would say, hey, how can we how can we try to increase, you know, fruits and vegetables? Or I mean, and even those things can come in packages. So again, it's really hard to draw that line. And the overall diet is really what matters. 
Lizzie Kasparik. She is a sports dietitian with the Sanford Sports Science Institute here in beautiful Sioux Falls. Uh, Lizzie, thanks a lot for stopping by, and we'll look for the new labels coming to you, coming to a grocery store near you. Thank you. <laughs> coming up, we'll finish up here in just a moment on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Hey everybody! This weekend, Saturday, it's the Chili Cheeks ten mile, five mile, and five k run. Starts at eight a.m. at Riverdale Park on the bike trail. The run concludes with a chili feed, and awards will be given out. Donations will benefit Project SOS. Go sign up at AllSportsCentral.com. I'm going to be there actually. I'm leading. I'm riding the bike to lead the race. It's going to be chilly. Chilly Cheeks. Chilly Cheeks run. Join us tomorrow. Our guests will be Elijah Bondi and Twyla Parkinson. They are with the Avera. We're going to talk about the big grape that's coming up. It's going to be awesome. Corey Heidelberger will be in. Scott Hudson will be here. It's going to be great. We'll see you all tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.